a feeling that that I always long for is to feel you know calm and part of a bigger plan if I feel like on my own island with my own thoughts and and not in control or something it's a very difficult feeling and the moment that I feel great is when my my inner world isn't so important but the bigger picture is important that's Loneke Hording and this is the On Design podcast Hi everyone and welcome to the new episode of the On Design podcast. I'm your host, Justina Green. I'm an illustrator and I've also spent the past 10 years in the design industry in a variety of roles. On this podcast, every week we speak to the most exciting people in design right now. We learn what inspires them, how they work and how they see the world. In today's episode, I speak to Loneke Hordin, a designer, artist and the co-founder of Studio Drift. Studio Drift is an artist collective that explores the boundaries of technology, art and nature. And some of the most popular works uh, from the studio that you might recognize are Fragile Future Sculpture, which features light emitting dandelions, or the Franchise Freedom installation that consists of autonomously flying swarm of hundreds of drones. Um, in our conversation, we discuss Lonek's design philosophy, her thoughts on nature, technology, and the human experience. Enjoy. to 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 have you here in this online space and that we can connect remotely despite kind of everything that's happening and um i really would love to hear the story of studio drift but also to hear your story and your fascination fascination with nature um and how technology can bring us closer to nature and kind of and the whole kind of interlocking of ideas and, and systems. And I thought maybe we could start, I guess in Eindhoven, would it be the first day kind of of, <laughs> of your course uh, when you and Ralph met? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, about 21 years ago. Um, yeah, we started, yeah, we actually, we met uh, the first day that we started uh, as, as very young students. I was 19 and Ralph was just 21 <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and where we met at the design academy and of course obviously I had no clue yet uh, at that time that we would work together after so so such a long time and um, that our visions would align but what happened um, that day was that we met and we started the conversation and we never stopped talking since <laughs> that conversation evolved with how we grew how we uh, basically, yeah, uh, changed in the in the past twenty years. Our life changed, our relationship changed, um, and we built a company together and 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 built on our creative ideas, of course, and and where that aligns. So um, yeah, it was a very um, influential. I, w I would say the most influential day maybe in my life where I met uh, Ralph, who who still today has a has a big impact on. Yeah, how I work, how he works, um, and how we work together. And do you think that everything that you do is possible because of that constant exchange of ideas and uh, your different viewpoints coming together to create something unique? Um, well, 
I, I, I believe that if I would have chosen another path, I, I, of course, I would have had a different life and different outcome on, on, on artworks. But um, this has become our method. And it also went with, with difficulties. It wasn't always easy to, to find a way together, you know, especially if you're an artist and you have very specific ideas about things and then two of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it isn't always easy, but we also still at this point point 21 years later can um can really trigger each other and in in a way that that we both uh, enlarge our point of view and um and also it has for us our collaboration and and the moment that we both agree on all the works or or on all not all the works but i mean on on a new work where we have literally discussed every aspect of it and 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 tried out every possibility then we are so sure from that moment on that we're both sure that this becomes some sort of our truth and this is also somehow very reassuring that that we know when all the aspects that I find important are in the project, but also all the aspects that Ralph finds important in the project. Um, yeah, I, I feel that that's a, a formula that that works not only for us, but then it works for many people. And um, yeah, that has become a little bit our <laughs> our way. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still a struggle now now and then, you know, uh, you know, especially. If you if you move along in in the same life over the course of twenty years, you don't always uh, change at the same time. <laughs> uh, that's in, what in, I was thinking. Yeah. That's also yeah, in a relationship. Think... In that sense, we we yeah. we still do have a relationship because, um, yeah, it's your your lives are not always parallel, and that are the moments when it's more difficult. But then it's also great when you see when things come together again and and work. Yeah. And it must be hugely both challenging and then hugely rewarding. Like you say, when kind of challenging at those points where over 20 years, not only you have to come together as people, but also as designers and as creators. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, definitely. But um, what is also great when we when we started uh, back in the days in Eindhoven, you know, we didn't have so such a clear direction yet. But I think... Um, now that we're that we're a bit older and and we have defined ourselves much better, it's also easier. Some way, some parts we have already tried, and we know. Okay, we tried that; that didn't work. But we we know very much also the way. Um, but yeah, no, still it it's, it remains challenging, definitely. And so, what were the the kind of those first years like? And were they? Would you say that they were centered quite a lot around fragile future, which was your graduate project? Yeah, in the beginning, we we just started helping each other out. And then because we shared also an atelier, we thought like, oh, let's just have a name together. Not not even realizing that that would have a big impact. But s- mm-hmm. since we were helping each other, actually, the things that we made became better. And quite uh, in the beginning, um, there was from the beginning, from the start, there was uh, of, of, of the graduation um at the Academy of Eindhoven, there was a lot of interest in my work. But for instance, my pictures were were, were horrible and nobody understood what it was. <laughs> Fragile mm-hmm. future. I mean, was it a lamp or was it... I mean, we, we, we graduated from a design school, but it wasn't a functional object. It was more like an installation. And uh, I think... Um, 
Yeah, there were. I was quite naive, and uh, in some some ways, I think Ralph was less naive on maybe the business side of things. So um, he realized much better that we needed to have good pictures. I needed to respond quicker on emails. <laughs> uh, that that when, when there was an exhibition, we had to make the most out of it because I was more the person that, you know, wanted to uh, hang the work and then leave the room, you know, <laughs> or let other people to uh, to look at it and, and decide. And Ralph was way more... Like, okay, but now we have the opportunity. Now it starts, you know, uh, when, 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 you know, work is hanging, then you can have conversations with people. And I, yeah. So, so I think in the beginning we helped each other out more in that way. And, um, yeah, slowly we started to share projects. It was still not really direction. We were already named ourselves Drift, but we were still like trying out many things, just also taking home projects to to basically survive and and have mm. some some income and uh, i think from the moment uh, so so ralph helped me with fragile future and um from the moment that we made for in 2006 the first shy lights uh, which was the first time we we really collaborated uh, with a moving uh, installation we started to see that people uh, started to behave differently uh, than in other exhibitions or towards the other exhibited objects. And we were still in the context, complete context of design where, where there were objects uh, around uh, in, in this exhibition. But we had something that was moving and that was um, having its own behavior. And at a certain point, there were like 10 photographers around that work and waiting for the for the piece to start to move and to change. And mm. I, bo both uh, Rolf and me, we... we we felt like, wow, this is interesting what's happening here, you know. This this completely changes the behavior of, of people around. And, um, yeah, we started to analyze that and work that out. And, and at a certain point, um, we realized what it was that, that was triggering people and, and that actually it was an object that that started to have a life of its own and, and also become a personality. And, um, yeah, from that moment, we started to explore really more directly together uh, movements and also yeah working out the technology i mean these first shy lights they maybe functioned for three days and then they you know they they were broken <laughs> and, uh, and so, me, so and sorry to um Katrin, i'm just thinking about the listeners who might not know what they looked like can okay. you describe them what they yes, look like um definitely shy lights um is um at that time it was um a group of lamps that were falling down and opening and closing and being redrawn in their cocoon. So it was, let's say, a moving light sculpture, but at that time we didn't use those words yet. Um, so it was an, an, a robotic lamp that was changing position, was expressing emotion by the movements that that it was they were making. And yeah, Perfect. I guess. Thank you. That, yeah, <laughs> no, I understand. That's that's important. Uh, uh, definitely to to realize because we're of course uh, yeah we can only play with the imagination uh, in in the podcast <laughs> and uh, yeah no but but um yeah in that beginning there was shylight and there was fragile future and and then there was also um a new work that was around um mimicking bird patterns murmurations also with light but then also with movement so we we had at a certain point these three works and that's 
that became our uh, the basis of our philosophy and and also i think we did way more projects at that time but those three were the projects that really resonated with our audiences and also with us and that we felt the most related to and um yeah at a certain point we started to define ourselves hey this is what we find interesting this is what makes a difference this is what no other people are doing and actually this changes behavior of of how visitors and and, and other people behave and maybe see nature and so this was yeah i think after only after a few years we 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 started to realize that we had found a direction and then we could actually focus on that so that just happened naturally as a yeah evolvement from you know when you're still in academy you work from project to project but at a certain moment you have to define yourself as a as a designer and as an artist and uh, yeah what you are about and why and it's and so tell me why nature why this project because we know they resonated with people what did they mean to you yeah exactly um yeah, I can of course only speak for myself. Of course, I also, <laughs> after so many years, I know I know mm-hmm. what Ralph would answer. But um, I am really um, the type of person who doesn't only look at nature as a as a green um, decoration of our cities, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I see it really as part of myself. And I was already like that as a child. It's really in my nature, in my in my personality. And um, it has always given me the solutions. If I was looking for answers, I understood how nature dealt with with issues or problems. And then I felt like, hey, but actually that's exactly the same problem as as I have, only different because I'm a human and not a plant (laughs) or not a dandelion. And I don't know, my fascination for dandelions was already very young. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was only during my graduation project at Design Academy that I started to look closer at this. And I saw suddenly um, a relation between that dandelion and the system that a dandelion is and how that is a process of of change and yellow flowers closing, then becoming seeds opening up, then becoming little parachutes that can navigate by the wind and land in new places and the process starts completely over again and I felt like wow this is such a beautiful cycle and and also it's displayed visually in that cycle in in this flower and uh, the starting point was to look at that and realize that I wanted to also design a process that was like that that was circular that was changing that was coming back at the same point that could expand that was not static and Mm -hmm. I think it's something that's Ralph and I both share. We are very, um, we cannot stand staticness or stillness or or we have to move, we have to change, we have to go on an adventure. We are curious. And I think, um, yes, what was interesting, like like, uh, in the beginning, Ralph uh, thought I I was crazy, you know, that I was gluing dandelion seeds on LEDs. And it must have been incredibly hard. <laughs> yes, yes. But for me, it was very logic. I mean, I'm a person who likes to to look at the bigger picture, but I also really like to look at uh, very fine handwork. I can concentrate really long. Um, I love to play with tiny things. You know, I am that type of person who likes to 
to make create order with the pincet. And um, so <laughs> also, I think that's a little bit naturally then how, how Fragile Future, the, the, the work with the dandelion, appeared. But funny enough, Ralph was also like that because he was also from his childhood, um, you know, with, with pincet and tiny tiny brushes work on his Star Wars models that he was uh, making. So we both had this love for the bigger picture and, and refined work. So he also helped me out with making, gluing dandelion seeds on dandelions uh, or, 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 sorry, on LED lights and helped me with picking flowers. And um, yeah, we we had conversations and together we we discovered you know, because we were becoming dependent on, on dandelions suddenly, which is strange. <laughs> and we didn't have a field like farmers and we, we had, we needed every year our, um, yeah, our stock uh, of, of, of dandelions, our harvest. We had to learn, you know, when that was in the year that there were dandelions and, and one year we were too late and we didn't pick enough flowers on time and, and we didn't have anything. And, and uh, we, we actually then decided to go to, to Switzerland and to go higher into the mountains because there the season is later with dandelions. And there we picked dandelions and then we, we discovered that we could put them in the fridge so that they would not open before we needed them. And there was all these discoveries uh, realizing how inventive nature is and how it works exactly together with its environment and how clever. And it was really funny because um, I basically showed that more to Ralph and we had discussions about that. And Ralph looked at it more in a way of, hey, but this looks like what I've seen in science fiction films and you know, <laughs> the, the, the way how new societies are organized. They look way more like nature than than our societies. And so we always had those conversations and those realizations and yeah, the things we saw in nature uh, were feeding that, but then also the things that, that mainly Ralph was, was getting from, from his fascination for, for science fiction and, and new technologies. And we were constantly feeding each other with those backgrounds. And I think, um, yeah, it always comes back to nature, but translated through technology how that also um, plays a bigger role in, in, in our lives, I guess. So the way how we interact nowadays with nature is very often through technology. The technologies that we have developed are usually derived from, from all sorts of natural processes and of by scientists in, in, in order to understand the way this world functions. There's so much research, we still know not everything. And um, once you realize how that functions in nature, you can apply it in technology. So those things, I don't really see a difference between those things. I think see them as a complete related to complete related topics, and the one comes from the other, and is the human translation of nature, but then through yeah materials and 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 yeah all sorts of technologies that we have invented in order to I think understand this world. Well, That's you, you can, fascinating. Yeah, we, I, I realize mm -hmm. also with the work that we do, when you recreate something that you see in nature, you learn how the world works. It's a way of learning and, and understanding and maybe also a way of finding meaning in life. I think that's very much what we are doing with the work that we are making. Tell me more about that, about, about finding meaning, because I can see 
kind of from what you're saying, I, I, I was thinking about that kind of recreating or going through the process, learning the process, the process of learning, and also through technology, then creating a new language and a new way of understanding nature. And do you think that's then, did that make it easier for you personally to find a meaning and to understand like being part of nature? And how do you think it's affected people who see your work? Yeah, um, good question. Yeah, that, I think um, personally, um, I'm someone who finds it really hard to have conversations about nothing, you know, or the weather or mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I can't. I don't find it interesting. I don't want to talk about nothing. I want to I want to spend my time on. Yeah, what's what my fascinations and they they come usually from questions of why people behave the way that we behave why are companies built this way why is my company built this way uh, the growth of our studio is is actually exactly how things happen also in in nature your own personal development also relates to to that and and yeah to have conversation about it but to see that back in nature that gives me a lot of um yeah, what what I said, understanding of of myself that things are supposed to be this way; they're not just happening. And um, yeah, I what what we I think what Ralph and I try with with our works, we create um, situations, maybe situations of balance, where we feel that all the elements are synchronized. So, um, well, a feeling that that I always long for is to feel, you know, calm and part of a bigger plan. If I feel like on my own island with my own thoughts and, and uh, you know, not in control or something, it's a very difficult feeling. And the moment that I feel great is when, you know, um, yeah, my, my inner world isn't so important, but the bigger picture is important. And, and that's what I feel when I'm in, in certain natural situations. It's not always the case. But for instance... When you look at the waves of the well of the sea, there's mm -hmm. they every time they come back and they come back and they come back and you can watch every wave again. They're all slightly different, but they continue to go on and they're part of this bigger system how the world functions. And when I look at that, I feel part of that and I feel like oh yeah, everything's fine and things go the way they go. I don't have such a big influence and and you know it's 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 a calming effect I think. And um, I don't feel that calming effect so much in the built environment. I experience mm -hmm. also my own house sometimes a little bit as a prison, as a block that is determined by a, a well, um, a project developer <laughs> who only has mm -hmm. a few square meters for a certain price and to squeeze out just let's say the minimum acceptable. And um, and and yeah, I don't feel that part of the bigger picture or part of nature or part of yeah something that gives meaning it feels more like um, a place where it can block off the rest of the world and so so I think what Ralph and I have been doing is creating environments in, in which we feel that we belong and that we feel everything is fine and that also the discussion is gone for a moment it's the questioning is gone for a moment just all the aspects around us are 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 great and in moments where you feel like this 
um, it's much easier also to connect with each other, to have really meaningful conversations. And um, yeah, we started, I think, to first completely intuitively build those environments uh, where we feel that way. So in our vision and in our the way that we uh, sense our environment, we always need something that moves and that repeats, but is constantly a little bit different. There's a natural aspect to it, but it also fits into the space where we are. And we, we tr- I think we try to create a sort of natural feeling in spaces. And we do that by by always first sensing what that space needs and what the energies of the space and, and how people behave in that space. And then we visualize and wonder and maybe dream how we actually would like mm-hmm. that space to be and how we would like people to act. And if we would like to give people a little bit of time, a little bit of moment, maybe the same feeling as when you take your first coffee in the morning, think, oh, this is a nice moment for myself. And you know, you reconnect with yourself and you're just in the moment at that at that moment. <laughs> and I think that's what we try to create. So, yeah, even that our process uh, was also uh, fueled with a lot of discussion. Um, our works are the moments where everything has come together and, and there's quietness. And, yeah, I think in that sense, nature has this calming effect on us. And I think we're trying to recreate that sort of moment for other people and and allow people to feel but also connect with themselves and in that way connect with other people in that space in that specific moment i think this is incredibly important that we need lots of those moments in a day and lots of those moments in in a life and i think people seek only those moments of connection you know whether it's in a conversation or in a party or in you know if you if you start if you try to analyze what are the the happy moments in your life uh, they are the moments where everything made sense at that moment so it's always the environment the time um uh, the people and 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 yeah it's it's that combination of 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 things and we try to create settings where that is easily accessible let's say I believe that's what we're trying to do. That's so beautiful. And it just immediately made me think about the loss of those moments kind of that we've had in the past year. Oh, yes, totally. Absolutely. Um, The realization. How has that affected you? Yeah. The past year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a strange year for for, for all of us. Um, Well, I must say. I think like everyone else, I went through different stages <laughs> the last year. Mm. Um, and in the in the very beginning, I was secretively relieved um, that the pressure was gone for a moment. And I also realized that the last years, even that I'm seeking these moments that I just described, you know, they're not, my life is not fulfilled with those moments. They are rare and the moment that I that I feel them and I experience this, I, I I value them a lot, and I also realize that very often in that moment that this is special, and I want would love to keep it. Um, and but this year was of realization that I needed to create more of these moments in my own life. Mm-hmm. I think the work that we make is the longing for these moments and not necessarily having them. Um, and I also saw that we, um, 
yeah, the last years were filled with traveling and uh, yeah, you know, the, the the ideas that we had for a long time, you know, at a certain point, those opportunities come pass come by and 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 you can actually take them, but it also means you have to be full on. And sometimes then you mm. also lose a little bit of the essence. Like, okay, but actually I wanted these quiet moments, you know? I want to create that for other people, but I don't create them for myself. So I think this year is really a good realization, again, to bring things into balance. And I think when I bring them into balance for myself, I can also do it for my team and for the people around. And I think it makes much more sense. So I would, my objective for, for the well, the last year was a realization, and I think this year is is real. Yeah, realizing that realization <laughs> um, <laughs> to to build that to really bring that into practice. You know, the the um, what I preach, <laughs> I should also live it. <laughs> and and only knowing is not enough. But I think the real art is into to doing it and living it with all the difficulties that it comes with. And, and, and yeah, I would love to create that environment for, for other people as well. And to be aware of how we can bring this in our life, because I believe truly that um, when you are in a balanced situation, um, you make different decisions and you can trust your intuition. And the moment we, you can hear it for the first time sometimes, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, we we are not very often just not listening because we're just pushed by so many external factors. Um, and I think you become also a natural leader if you can work from that uh, intuition. Because it's, it's, for other people, it also makes sense and it feels like it makes sense. And yeah. I think that was the biggest realization. And then, of course, a lot of cleaning up of the house, <laughs> <laughs> of your my own life, uh, in the sense that, you know, the things that you realize didn't work well. Well, you you have to get rid of that. Um, yeah, that's basically the year. And and definitely the realization of what is really important for for myself. But I think that's what everyone went through. You know, when a lot of things are not... Um, anymore you can you cannot count on them anymore the, the 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 things that were part of your life um yeah you start to value that much more and that's definitely friends and good connections and valuable moments of sharing definitely that so yeah that's that's i think it's very aligned with the wishes and the and the situations that we try to build in our work and just to realize that even deeper and also see that this resonates so much with, with everyone else makes that I feel also that I do something meaningful, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really beautiful about the, um, how you making work for others to bring them, bring balance to them. And then how now it's about you coming from a balanced place as well. And that's the yeah. that's the circularity of it, isn't it? Absolutely, and definitely, I'm not there yet. But I think you're never 100 percent there. You always have to keep putting yourself <laughs> back into that position, and and that's also what lives. But the more we understand how that works, the easier it is to 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 work with it and anticipate on it. And um, yeah, in that sense, I feel um, yeah, 
Actually, it's funny because uh, this morning, I, the last few days, I'm, I wake up really early in the morning and then I feel very energized. And this is something, it almost took me a year to uh, to get really calm <laughs> and to feel <laughs> energy again. So I also realized like, wow, it's, uh, yeah, it really takes time before you're back into the frequency that you want to live, you know, when not everything is pushing you from the outside, but you can choose your own rhythms. And I immediately feel um, the inspiration and the energy and the happiness back into into my life. So, yeah, I hope honestly that um, I, I know not everyone is in the same position and not everyone has the um, maybe luxury to work all day long in on on topics that you believe in but um yeah I'm, I'm very thankful for that as well um but i really hope that besides the difficulties that this year brought that it also brings people uh, a deeper insight on what they really find important in their lives and and act upon it that's really really um that's just so important isn't it and I was just thinking that sometimes we go, if it's shorter periods of time, when it comes to difficulties, we go to an uncomfortable place and we think that's it. And then that's the solution. Things go back to normal. But very often it's layer after a layer and you really need to go through a lot and through quite a few things to go to that core kind of to to your heart to then find out what it truly is without layers of where you've come from or how you've been influenced by others or certain lifestyles. It's, it's, it's a long process. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Back to normal. What did we really like normal? We have, we liked definitely Mm. certain aspects of that and, and, and the parts that are important, but not everything I think was that great. So, um, and, and neither is it now. Um, but at least, you know, when, when, when you can start building again a little bit and, and with all the difficulties and, 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 and definitely, Things are or also are broken this year, and and that is super hard. But it also means we need to reinvent ourselves, and we need to adapt. We need to adapt to our environments always. And I think one of the big realizations also for me this year is that um, what I already said, like we have built an environment that is kind of very safe. You know, our houses are safe, our cities are as safe as possible. Uh, we think we are in control, but um, we are not. And we have to stay in the process of change always. And and you see already now, a year after the pandemic uh, hit this world, um, we have already changed. We already work differently. We already act differently. We already found a modus. Um, well, even that every time there's a bad news from the government, it, it's, you know, you already know that you will deal with it. And <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I, it was already my, my idea to explore uh, also more, let's say, living architecture or moving architecture that offers an environment that is 
more subject to change. Mm-hmm. And I think even after this year, the realization is that it's even more important than, than ever. Being stuck in a place is the worst thing, how you can feel. And um, yeah, if the environment changes, you feel also that you're changing. And it's true because you adapt to your environment. And we are meant to adapt to our environment. So if, if you look at, a, for instance, a, an animal in, uh, in in a forest, you know, uh, this let's say you're a deer and you're walking through the forest, you're, you're looking for food. You don't really have a plan. You just follow your nose. You think like, uh, well, you know, you don't even know where you're going to sleep, what you're going to eat, who you're going to meet. It just happens and you, you, you react to that. And the lives that we live are fully planned. And if things mm. are not going according to plan, we think we do something wrong. You know, what's wrong with me? I cannot deal with this. I cannot be on time. It's too much. Um, and, and actually, you know, we are not really made for this, you know, stick to the plan <laughs> type of thing where everything is already decided for the next week or the next month. And um, I think Corona uh, ta- taught us also that, that, you know, we have to remain flexible, adapt to the situation and keep on living, find new ways. Yeah. And I think also that inflexibility, that's our strength, that it doesn't mean, because I think sometimes there's a misconception that being flexible or changing, it means that you don't have a plan, but you don't have to have a plan because if you come from, in my opinion, always come from the present moment and you're in the present moment as much as you can, that's where the best ideas come from. I totally agree because if you don't react in the moment on situations, you don't progress. I think the fact that you are flexible and adaptive is the the set the settings for for progress there's no other way i think education and and how we uh develop ourselves um is through resistance there is something difficult and you have to deal with it you have to go through it and that makes you learn and and that that's what you also see in in nature the, the seeds of a, of an elm tree for instance are are tiny seeds that can fly around and they just land everywhere and then they just have to deal with where they are and they have to grow mm-hmm. and um yeah some will not survive and others will find a way to to work with that environment and 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 that changes that is those tiny changes are are part of our evolution it's necessary so um just our environment doesn't doesn't breed change so much. It breeds, um, yeah, order and organization. Mm. And I think that's a that's a big topic to think about. I hope um, I actually know. I'm not. Yeah, that's that's. Um, yeah, I think it's something we we learned that the systems now, especially, you can see in in countries where there is more often difficulties uh, uh, the people there adapt much quicker they just deal with the situation and in the countries where there has been such a stability for such a long time we find everything incredibly difficult <laughs> <laughs> and complain and then you think like yeah we are used to things and and also this is a learning curve and in that sense i'm happening that this is happening to the entire world um and this is the first time, I think, in our lifetime or maybe ever that you can mm. apply the same situation on every single country and how everyone is dealing with it. Everyone is affected by this. It's 
it's uh, so interesting. And and I think we can learn so much. Yeah, and it's the because we have so much in common as it is, but we don't see it. Whilst COVID brought it to, we it's more visible for us that we're kind of all in it together. Exactly. Um, Sharing a situation is um, is bringing much deeper connection. So um, in moments that you sometimes feel like you're in a in a in a situation with a lot of people that's that's you know you don't feel any connection with now everyone can talk about this <laughs> we all go through <laughs> this you know if it's if even if it, if it's your taxi driver your local uh, grocery uh, uh, um, father or or, or or whoever we all have a story and it's always interesting to hear um, yeah to share and to to learn also because we all don't really know how to deal with this so we need to share and we need to share stories and, and experiences to define how we want to deal with this. And tell me to you know, slowly start bringing our conversation to a close. I was wondering, like, after this year now, and like there's just in our conversation, so many ideas, kind of and concepts flying around. How do you feel about new work? Or making new work, getting into the process, into the detail? Um, yeah, I, I had so many ideas <laughs> this year, <laughs> new ideas that, that start to come to life. But I also reinterpreted old older ideas. So, for instance, uh, Franchise Freedom, that's a, a drone performance that we made with um, where we let 300 drones swarm, like um, yeah, a murmuration of, of, of starlings. Um, this is still such a relevant topic because it's it says about our patterns in unknown situations, in finding our ways, like what we just discussed. This is mm -hmm. a visualization of that. And and so to also think about how we can bring that to wider audiences for people to, to give them a sense of hope and a shared experience. Uh, it's also something we've been thinking about. I've been working on, on, a, on a hopefully new project uh, with, to bring this work to more places in the world uh, this morning. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. And then definitely, um, yeah, new work. I'm very much thinking in the new work about shared experiences, um, but also um, to break down existing structures. <laughs> like the, my thoughts of the last months were very much about destroying structures and making the rigid structures fluid. And I mm. think that's that's what you will see probably uh, happening in uh, in the next works that come out. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm still working on it, definitely. That's very beautiful. And I know that I really look forward to it and that our listeners will be looking forward to those as well. Because I think everything, you know, that we've talked about and that you shared with me, it's so universal. And I'm sure that's, lots of people listening to us will be nodding. And I think what I love is the the idea of just having a permission to have flexibility and to not have a rigid plan and not be rigid. I, I find that very beautiful and also learning from nature. Um, I think that's, that's beautifully how you describe that, to, to allow yourself to... Uh that this is how we're supposed to act or how we 
may act and and that it's all okay yeah that that's great uh, that you say that i i totally agree i hope uh, yeah we can all learn from that that's i'm just <laughs> i feel it's interesting because i feel even just in this conversation and i feel very balanced after we talked <laughs> i was like oh this is it's going to be fine so yeah. i really hope that the listeners now feel that way as well and hopefully soon we'll be all able to enjoy nature more as well and reconnect and leave our rooms and flats and buildings <laughs> um, and yeah get back together to create shared stories so um thank you so much Lineke, for your time i've absolutely loved um our conversation and i really look forward to to the new works um when they're ready, when they come, and um, yeah, see how we can destroy the structures together <laughs> and become more fluid. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's create a movement. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um, much for your time. <laughs> thank you, Justina. It was really a pleasure to uh, always love to talk about uh, this. Thanks. I found conversation with Loneke so soothing and reflective, um, a beautiful, almost meditative moment, touching on a basic need for a connection with nature, with ourselves and with each other. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode and also have come from it feeling more at one with everything and maybe a little bit more hopeful about things to come as well. And that's all for this episode. And if you do want to keep in touch between episodes, you can always follow me on Instagram at Justina Green, where you can see actually quite a lot of my illustration, um, <laughs> which you might enjoy. And also, if you have a second, you can uh, drop me uh, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And by me, I mean the pod, not me, me, <laughs> um, which would be super appreciated because it really helps others uh, find the podcast as well. And I hope to see you here next week. Um, bye for now.